Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. It's my great pleasure to welcome today's program, Brad Bradley, who's Senior Sales Executive at Descartes. And today we're going to talk about how can B2B distributors improve fleet performance? So if you're a distributor, uh, you know that fleet performance has a direct impact on your financial performance, your ability to differentiate yourself from the competition, and your ability to deliver and enhance customer experience. So the question is, what separates the leaders from the laggards in the industry? What are some signs that um, that a distributor isn't employing route planning best practices? And what are some of those you know, best practices? Well, those are some of the main questions we're going to discuss in today's episode. And it's great to have Brad on the program to share his insights and advice on this uh, topic. So Brad, welcome to the program. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Adrian. Appreciate it. Great. Well, uh, I'm sure in your role, you, you work with a lot of um, distributors and um, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough industry, you know, you know, depending on, on the vertical industry that they're focused on everything else. So obviously, you know, um, uh, protecting margin and, 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 you know, there's the financial side of it and also the customer experience side of it that they have to kind of balance out. And, and at the heart of it really is, you know, fleet performance that, that really impacts, you know, both those things, as, as I just said. Um, but I think you'll also find that, you know, the results vary widely <laughs> by different distribution companies. Um, and even those that might be using the the same route, you know, planning solutions. Um, so, so why is that? I mean, why why do you, why do we see this disparity between you know the the success or lack of between different distributors? Yeah, great question, Adrian. I think the the main reason is measurement. Like, if you think about the supply chain, you look about the drivers. We measure the drivers. Did you show up on time? Did you go to all your stops? Did you go to your stops in the right sequence? You think about the warehouse, your picking efficiencies. It's 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 measured in, in a, a fair amount of detail. When you think about the planner, how do you measure the planner? How do you know the planner is doing a good job? And I think that that was one of the things that was surprising to me over 10 years ago when I came into the industry to see that there was a lack of measurement for the planner to know how they're doing and to provide coaching and feedback on how to get better. Um, can drill in a little bit. There are some measurements. Most people measure like stops per route as an example. Um, the problem is seasonality changes, sales strategy changes, and it's not a direct measurement of the planner's efficiency and productivity. Um, ideally, what you want to do is one, measure the optimization engine. Like, hey, is the optimizer working well? Is it tuned properly? Do we have good data? Make sure the optimizer is good. And then who's checking that the planner is actually using the optimizer? Like, how's the planner using? What are the planner's results out of it versus what the optimizer would do? And I just noticed that a lot of people in the industry don't have this type of visibility and what doesn't get measured doesn't get managed properly. Yeah, no, that, that, that's a great point. So, I mean, it sounds like, you know, lack of metrics or lack of uh, having a way to, you know, measure, you know, how effective a planner is, is, is one aspect of it. Um, you brought up a couple of other things that I've also seen with any, you know, just all types of optimization engines out there or planning engines out there is that, you know, they can, you know, they can quickly come out of tune, you know, so, um, you know, you, you might've set it up on day one and it works perfectly, but we all know that networks change, time windows change, you're adding new customers, the routes are changing, so on and so forth. And if you're still operating under the same constraints that it was set up with a year ago, two years ago, or maybe even just six months ago, um, you know, it's going to be garbage in, garbage out. And and then I, I think that gets to the third point, you know, a lot of more experienced planners are going to look at the output and say, this is not right and stop using it and go back to their manual, 
you know, manual processes. So I, so I think you hit upon a, a number of key things to look out for there. Absolutely. Yeah. It's very, very common for a lot of folks to not have good measurement on their optimization engine, as you mentioned, to continually check on that every three, six, 12 months, as an example. And then to know if the planner's actually, the, the planner's output, how does that stack up to an ideal optimization output as the secondary measurement? Yeah. So, so what, are, you know, and we probably already hit on, on some of these already, but mm -hmm. I mean, what are some signs or, or symptoms that a distributor isn't employing route planning best practices? Yeah, there's two major ones I would look at right out of the gate. The first one is just go watch your plan or plan. They shouldn't be moving more than 10% of the stops. Um, there's no need to touch them. I think 5% would be more like best practice. You can obviously get higher than that based on data and quality and uh, vigor around the process. But like anything greater than 10%, you've got a problem. You've got a data problem. Uh, you got a configuration problem or you've got a problem with the planner not knowing how to use the software, just change management, right? It's, it's not always easy to get everyone to adopt the new software technologies. So just observing the planner, seeing how many manual moves, it'll start to give you a clue of if the optimizer is being used and it's effective or not. And then the second one is reporting. Again, like you can have like stops per route, but again, seasonality, change in sales tactics and strategy. Stuff like that can affect it and has nothing to do with the planner and the optimizer. You really need to measure what the planner plan did and what the optimizer did and compare those two to have a true knowledge if the planner is actually using the optimizer well and the optimizer is being configured properly. Yeah, I mean, uh, and you kind of alluded to this in the, in the question, but, but I think it, it, it kind of relates to the first question as well. I mean, it seems that one of the reasons might be, you know, uh, you know not enough training or proper training, you know, for the users. Right. So that yeah. might be, you know, some of these symptoms might be um, because that user is, you know, they weren't, they're not familiar with the, the new solution, perhaps, or they don't know how it, you know, quite works or, or so on and so forth. So it seems like, um, you know, investing in training up front, um, you know, is, is something that will uh, pay dividends later on in terms of maybe addressing some of, some of these issues. Um, so, so, so let's talk about, you know, some of these best practices. Uh, now, I mean, what what are some route planning best practices that you know can help turn you know poor fleet performers into the top ones? Yeah, and and uh, I don't mean to beat the dead horse here, but it's it's just absolutely critical. I'll just recap what I've said before. Like, we need to check on a regular basis the optimizer is tuned properly with good data. We need to measure planner plan versus optimizer plan. So, like, what does that look like? At the end of the day, the planner produces a set of routes, a set of results. It's so many routes, it's so many miles, it's so many hours. That's that's what the planner output was. Ideally, you can do this with certain technologies in an automated way, or maybe it's a bit of a manual process. You can copy that, put it into the optimizer, run it, and capture the routes, and capture the miles, and capture the hours, and then compare the two to see what's going on if there's a difference. So. I would really focus on those as my two core beginning measurement points. The next major issue that I see is data quality. So like one of the things the planners always complain to me is like, oh, the, I, I got to move this here and I got to move that there because of, and here's your reason, uh, the time window data is no good. The, the address information is no good. So as an example, like let's drill into time window data. One of the challenges in collecting time window data and sometimes the drivers actually know the ideal time to go make a delivery. You know, if you're going to a recurring customer, they know the ideal time, but there's no real digital programmatic way to collect that data. 
So you can, on a mobile application, offer to the driver a questionnaire to say, hey, what's the best time to go do the delivery and digitize that information to give back to the planner. So then they, the planner can be part of this closed loop cycle of improving the data continuously so that they want to use the optimizer and they have a mechanism to go get the better data quality and not have that as a reason to not use the optimizer. So best practice would be some type of continuous improvement on the data collection methodology. I just gave the one example of time windows. Um, the other one is centralization and regionalization. I've seen it across the board. When you're decentralized, very, very difficult to manage your planning operations. And it's just very challenging to get to the same level of efficiency when you've got 100 locations and 100 planners and they're all doing it part-time versus you've got 100 location and they don't have to be centralized, but at least regionalized where it's a full-time professional job and you've got some colleagues that do this full-time as well and they're all getting benchmarked against each other. And you mentioned before, Adrian, was the training. Yeah, there's the initial training. The thing is like, I, I know at Descartes, we release software all the time. There's new features coming out all the time. Are the, the seasoned planners making sure that they get the best information, the latest information, and then turnover once there's turnover, who's training those folks? So those are a couple of the different aspects that I see where things can slip through the cracks from a training perspective. Yeah, no, I, I think those are, all, those are all great points. I particularly like, you know, having that, that, that you know, that feedback loop, you know, in terms of, hey, here, here's what was planned. Here's what actually happened. And then comparing and then understanding where there might be differences and, and drilling, being able to drill down to understand, well, was it because of a, 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 a wrong address? Was it because of... Uh, you know, traffic situation was it because of something else, and and I think that that gets you to kind of this continuous improvement, you know, uh, you know process. Same thing with the, um, you know, being able to digitize some data that might be in the heads or the experience of the drivers or those that are in the the front lines of this, and being able to incorporate that as part of the planning, you know, process. So I thought that was a a, a good point as well. I mean, ultimately, what you know, what are some of the the business benefits that that you know distributors you know can achieve by implementing these. Uh, these route planning best practices? I think it's what they set out. And I mean, pretty, pretty common knowledge to cut transportation costs, right? You know, we, we hear, you know, moving from a manual, generally a manual process, there's 10 to 15% in, in transportation savings. I think one of the challenges is not everybody achieves that in production. And, and the, the symptoms that I mentioned give you an indication that you might not be achieving those savings and then some of those best practices. I think going back and achieving what you are setting out to, to, to obtain out of the gate is really what we're looking to do here and make sure you get that 10 to 15% savings. Uh, On-time percentage should improve as well. And beyond that, like there's a lot of stuff happening on the customer service space where we want to be sending these proactive notifications. And so having a good plan that you can have send reliable times to. Like if you have a plan that's not very good and you're not gonna show up on time and then you're reminding your customer that you're gonna keep showing up late, that's not really a great customer service uh, experience. So this is the foundation to also provide a really good customer service experience as well. Yeah, no, that's great. I think, you know, I, I, you know, I mentioned this in my opening comments. I mean, um, you know, more and more uh, competing on customer experience is becoming you know, much more important, you know, companies across all industries, especially on the, on the dis distribution side as well. And you're right. I mean, we're, as consumers, we're, we all want and expect those um, notifications in terms of when the delivery is coming and we expect those to be accurate. Right. And, uh, but if your planning process is not up to date, you know, is not up to par and 
you know, you're sending out notifications, all you're going to do is just setting yourself up for failure and, and, and sending your customer up for, you know, for disappointment. So that, that, that's a good point there. Um, so, so Brad, I mean, maybe as a way to, you know, wrap up, I mean, um, you know, for distributors that are looking to kind of get started on improving their uh, fleet performance, I mean, what's the first step? Um, any other words of advice or, or recommendations, maybe mistakes that, you know, to, to look out for? Hmm, that's a good question. Uh, I wouldn't underestimate the amount of change management. I think that's always the case, but I, I think really working with the folks in the field and getting them involved and not pushing the technology on anyone and, and you know, talking about what are we doing? Why are we doing it? This is how we're thinking about it and making sure you get everyone's input and buy-in will really make sure you have a much more successful project. Yeah, I think I think that's a key point there because a lot a lot of times, and I've seen this, you know, with, with other types of solutions, uh, any IT solution, where a lot of the, the decisions on the solution come from either IT or they come from the higher ups, and not from the people that are actually in the front lines that are going to be the power users, if you will, the day to day folks, and not getting their input and their feedback, you know, upfront and the up upfront in the process. Um, cause that helps getting that buy-in and understanding why we're doing this, how the system's going to work and they can provide valuable feedback in the evaluation and selection process. But a lot of times they're kind of left out of that whole process. And then it's like, okay, Hey, we got something new for you. And they're like, wait, what, <laughs> what is this? Yeah. It, it doesn't really work with, this doesn't really, uh, you know, align with the way we do things or our processes or whatever the case might be. So I think that's a, that, that's a great point. Uh, well, Brad, I mean, I think we, we covered, you know, some great points here today. Um, certainly, uh, this is a topic that we could probably continue talking for, for a long time, but I, th I think it gave some folks, you know, some good food for thought, uh, in terms of how to improve their, you know, uh, fleet performance, uh, particularly in the distribution industry. So again, thank you for making the time to be with us today. Adrian, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Great. I want to thank those of you that joined us. If you're watching this episode on demand, either at the Descartes website or on Talking Logistics, and you've got a question or a comment for Brad, you can post it there and I'm sure that he'll be more than happy to respond via that medium. Again, thank Absolutely. you for joining us and look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great day.